Welcome to Concord Matters, a show seeking for Concord, agreement in Christian confession. Concord mattered to Jesus and Paul, and so it does to us also. Spend these next 60 minutes as we talk matters of Concord. Concord Matters, a program produced by the Christ-centered leader in confessional broadcasting. Worldwide KFUO, online at kfuo.org. Good afternoon, universe, and welcome to Concord Matters. I am your sometimes host, Pastor Jonathan Fisk, here in studio live with uh, the Right Reverend Sean Smith of two parishes, St. Paul Wine Hill and Emmanuel Lutheran Church in West Point. Good to have you with us, Sean. Great to be here. Regular voice on the guest. I'm sure some people will... uh, voice on the guest, regular guest on this show, and I'm sure there will be those recognizing your voice. And we have maybe a new uh, voice to the, the airwaves here, but not necessarily a new voice to the uh, live webcam, which we'll talk about that in just a moment. <laughs> but Peter Slayton, uh, media manager for LCMS Communications. Yeah, social media. Glad to be here. Yeah, glad to have you here. We'll be talking about the Augsburg Confession today and then the transition to the apology to the Augsburg Confession. But first, uh, we don't want you to miss out. If you are near the internet, we are also being video live streamed. Uh, I think I'm waving as I say this at the camera uh, at LCMS, or excuse me, Facebook.com slash the LCMS. This is yep, our that's the one. This is our Facebook page where what else goes on on this page? I mean, it's not just for right now. There's other stuff that goes here. No, right? no. I mean, everything that the LCMS is doing gets promoted out on that page. All our wonderful ministry work. Um, we have lots of liturgical posts, fantastic stuff on Sundays and Saturdays preparing you for uh, upcoming church. So we'll put out the hymn of the day. Sorry, hymn of the week. Uh, right. We'll put out the church prayers. We'll even put out most of the divine service. We have a lot of shut-ins who aren't able to get to church, and so it's a fantastic resource for them to be able to read Scripture that they would have gotten had they been able to make it to church. Uh, so great stuff on the weekends like that. Uh, putting out good quotes, good confessional Lutheran materials right, and you got, resources. You got memes that aren't necessarily funny but are good, right? Yeah, you know, with like Bible verses and uh, Luther quotes and uh, quotes from the confessions and right. good stuff like that. We've actually done some Augsburg confession quotes there too. So A, a go-to place for the LCMS member to stay in touch with what their church body's up to yeah. right now. Right now. Right? Different, yeah. whatever yeah. events we got going on, whatever ministries are doing, it's all there. Pastor Smith, you just tell us real quick a little bit about St. Paul and Emmanuel, what you do out there besides Word and Sacrament, of course. Well, that's always the main thing we do in the parish ministry, right? Yes. Uh, but uh, And that's been going on at both those congregations since the late 1800s. And so uh, both long established congregations uh, in the LCMS down there. And uh, I'm very pleased to uh, stand in a long line of faithful pastors uh, to minister to faithful people in those places. And and so we have a service at each congregation on Sunday morning, uh, 8 o'clock at Emmanuel, uh, 10 o'clock at St. Paul. And then on Wednesday nights, we do our Bible study since going between the two right, parishes, right, it's right. tough to do that. All right. And doing that ministry with the confession of the Augsburg Confession, the unaltered Augsburg Confession, the the doctrine that we confess, Scripture has said to us that we speak back. Uh, We have just finished up over the last several years now going through on Concord Menors, the Augsburg Confession uh, and the large catechism. And now we're going to be making a move into something called the apology to the Augsburg Confession, something that I think well, if if your average layperson knows about the Book of Concord, they, they probably then know about the Augsburg Confession, but this apology kind of sits hidden in part because it's, it's quite massive, isn't it? 
Yeah, especially uh, when we get to Article 4. I mean, it's the most massive thing in the whole Book of Concord. Right. Uh, and and kind of makes the apology kind of definitive piece well, on it. Why, why would it be such a... What's the big deal about Article 4? It's just one article, right? <laughs> well, it's the article on justification on which the church, church stands, stands or, or falls. falls yeah. yeah. And uh, the, as a matter of fact, the Lutherans are kind of surprised that it's even an issue with the Catholics. I mean, they're like, wait. You have an issue with this? Right. Uh, you know, so. I thought we were on the same page here. Yeah. That's what's going on. Well, that's kind of what we want to get into today. We, we may get into a little bit of the actual text, but what we want to do to kind of recap, because it's probably been a little while, is give some of this history. Uh, what What is this Augsburg Confession? What a funky sounding name. It's almost as weird as catechism, maybe even weirder than that, to call something that. What is that? And then uh, apology. Are, like, we, are, so, we, are, are we sorry, sorry that we wrote it? <laughs> Oops, like, my bad. What, what's that about? So we're, we're going to take a step back here. And, you know, if you have your, you can see here on the video, uh, your Concordia edition of the Book of Concord, there is a nice uh, treatment of this and before both of these sections where they give you a bit of the history, a bit of the context, we're going to be using that a bit as our as our outline here, although not getting into the text of it itself. But what happened on June 25th, 1530, and how then does this relate to what happened in 1517? I mean, that's golly, what is that? 13 years, 1517, Dr. Luther nails 95 Theses onto a church wall. Firestorm takes place. Reformation's over, right? Done. <laughs> no. No. There's something more, right? <laughs> right. So on June 25th, 1530, um, Emperor Charles summons, uh, it's really the Lutherans and the Catholics to come and present, all right, what are you teaching in the churches? We want agreement. We want concord, uh, right, uh, among uh, the Christian confession on the planet Earth, right? And uh, uh, the Lutherans come ready to do this, and they present uh, at the Diet of Augsburg their Augsburg Confession. Uh, the Catholics aren't really prepared to do that. Uh, they 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 actually think, no, this is a charge only against the Lutherans, so they're the heretics. They have to defend themselves. Uh, Charles accepts the Augsburg Confession, but then tells the Catholics that they have to present something as well, that they are part of the trial. Well, the Catholics think they have it in the bag right. because the Catholics have... Uh, what do you call it, an ace up their sleeve. The emperor is himself a Roman Catholic, a fairly right. young young man, but but committed to the Pope. So they kind of think that this is their chance to just ultimately win out. On top of that, there's some other pieces behind that. There's a secular reason for why they are, why the emperor would want to have his, his country united, and that is that the eastern edge of the empire is being threatened by what at the time they called the, the Turk. This was uh, the, the preceding or the, the Ottoman Turkish Empire, uh, Islam, in its warring state, which it often ends up being when it's faithful to its own scriptures, uh, taking land gradually all the way up into and right at the gates of Vienna. And so the emperor knows his, his empire is in trouble and he needs a big army and he needs all these dukes in the north who happen to be Lutherans now to send their people to fight. But he can't really do that when he's making them having to be arrested for being Lutherans. Right. So so he's got to bring them together and, and make it work out. And yet the Roman Catholics think, you know, this is. This is something that we already have on our side. He's He's got it um, out for the Lutherans because he's a Roman Catholic. And he's maybe thinking a little bit that, excuse me, that uh, this is just sort of a civil issue, that these dukes are looking for a little more power. We throw them a bone. Uh, they'll kind of, they'll, they'll come along. We'll make nice. They get a little more land and, and we'll go fight fight the Turk. And they find out instead, right, that these these dukes are taking this confession seriously. They're, they're willing to die for it. Right, right. Yeah, you, this, you know the this, story, right? Yeah, this is their confession. They come before the prince. Uh, I remember, I'm trying to remember from reading here earlier, it's the, the night before where 
they're saying this is our confession, and he says, no, oh, it's the Corpus Christi, right? The, right. The, he wants them to participate in the Corpus Christi, uh, that procession of Christ's body and blood through town, and the princes are saying, no, we can't, we can't do that. And he said, no, you have to. And they said, no, we're, we'd rather die. And one prince kneels down and says, cut off my head. Right. And it's at that point, I think the emperor realizes, oh, this is serious. Right. This is a big deal. And he, he, in his broken German, he doesn't speak German very well, he says, no prince, no head, or right. no cut off head, or however right. that gets translated there. But it's a very shocked, surprised, that's, this isn't what I expected. This is, this is different. What you have is the conviction of individuals who believe that a, a practice can actually be so against scripture that it would it would be denying Jesus himself mm. to follow it. And this practice was to not take our Lord at his words, which is take eat, this is my body, take drink, this is my blood, but instead take parade it around the town, pray to it, worship it, uh, treat it like an idol or a relic. And they, they knew that the entire medieval system of relics and the cult of the saints and all that was all tied up in this sacrifice of the mass. And that no, we can't we can't do that because it would deny that thing that can't stand or fall, or that the church stands or falls on justification, right? Right, right. And also, I should back up for a second, too, and I, I, I kind of missed misused a term there. I said the Catholics, and, and really I should clarify that and say that uh, when we read through this, we'll be seeing a couple terms, papists, uh, right. which means followers of the Pope, or uh, Romanists, uh, those who are, are part of the Roman Catholic Church. Um, the, the actual goal of this is to be Catholic, uh, small c, uh, yeah. Latin term for universal. Right. Uh, it's the universal Christian faith, uh, that which we cr- uh, confess in the creed the, the, for the whole church on earth. There is no Lutheran church at this point. There are uh, evangelical Catholics. There are those who are listening to the evangel, the gospel that Luther is preaching from Scripture and saying that this is the Catholic faith. And then there are Roman Catholics, that is, those who believe that the Pope's seat in Rome trumps everything, including Scripture. And then as we see, sadly, as they reject the gospel in the confession, we'll get to that in just a moment, um, they end up rejecting uh, faith alone itself, right, and Scripture alone itself for the sake of the Pope. So, they, they come and they have this confession. Uh, they, they refuse to participate in the what they believe are unholy rites within, within the event. I mean, we should even talk about this, too, that the Augsburg... Oh, yeah, we got to step way back. Why is it called Augsburg? What's going on at Augsburg? It's not just getting together Romans and Catholics to talk about a little theological difference. This is a week-long uh, council. It's a war council. To, to, so it's like almost like a festival. they got massive civil other events going on around it. Generals are there and all this kind of stuff. So all that's going on. They're, they're getting together at this place called Augsburg. And it's at Augsburg that then the Lutherans are given some time to present this confession. Right, and we call it then the Augsburg Confession for that reason. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and confession simply means a statement of belief. Yeah, you know, this is this is what we believe. This is what we're willing to die for. Because if we don't, um, if we don't take this seriously, then we deny truth, and we can't have that because Jesus said He is the way, He is the truth, He is the life, and without that, uh, no one comes to the heavenly Father. And so uh, they they cannot stand for Jesus and the way that He works to be denied. And yeah, they they're gonna stand up and they're taking this very seriously. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're well. Eventually, they become Protestants because this becomes such a big deal that they present the Augsburg Confession. And we'll get into the apology soon. But there's the confutation that happens in the middle when they reject that with the apology. That's when we even see the term Protestants Starting coming to out too. Up. So that that term isn't even in no. play here with the Augsburg Confession. That's 
hasn't even come out yet. And so maybe kind of to, to pull that all together, the real goal of the Lutherans here is to be part of the ancient church and demonstrate mm-hmm. that and to keep the church in unity around the word of God, around the doctrine. Absolutely. What, what is it, the first 21 articles or something like that where they said, these are the ones that aren't contested. Right. And, you know, the last few, okay, we know that these are contested. This is what the Roman church is doing. Uh, we we understand that these are going to be controversial. Right. Um, but no, they were they were going for unity, saying we all believe these first 20, 21, I can't remember the exact number. Right, right. And then they're shocked when, oh, no, right around article number four, two. we're off the rails. Or two, two, yeah, two. original sin. <laughs> yeah, original sin, depravity, we concupiscence. Got God. Number yeah. one, yeah. Well, and sadly today, I mean, God, God number one, the Trinity, yep. it's not like it's that Absolutely. easy for all who would claim to be Christians yeah. to hold to that, yeah. right? As long as you say God today, you know, it... it Whatever that means. But, yeah. But yeah. what about the conviction of these men who, and women, of course, were behind them as well, who who really, they're walking into this war council knowing that they stand apart from the official religion of the empire, kneeling, saying, take my head. I mean, God willing, I would have that kind of conviction myself, but I don't. I don't know that I, I've got that gumption. I can, mean, can you ever know until the moment know, comes? You can't. But yeah. hey, doesn't it shame yeah. you in kind of a good way? Yeah. You know. Yeah. I, and I think it's behind uh, Luther's words in a mighty fortress: "Take they this life, goods, fame, child, and wife. Though these all be gone, our victory's still been won. The kingdom ours remaineth." Right. Uh, you know, that's their confidence behind all of this: is that even if they're walking into death here, as long as they're clinging to the truth of God's word. They have the kingdom. Uh, they, they trust solely in Christ. So I love the uh, the dirty pool that comes next. You mentioned the confutation. What a, what an awful word as well. I mean, it kind of <laughs> it, it sounds like what it is though, at least uh, compared to some of the other ones, to confute or to refute or to, to to fight back against. So after they present this confession and they read it aloud in front of the entire council, it's read aloud. Um, Several days later, they are told that the Romans have a response to this, and it, it's, I don't think they're called, told right away, it's called the confutation, but they ask for a copy of it. And they're told that they can have a copy if they promise to submit to it before they hear it, right? right. So, I mean, talk about trying to, to end around and, and cheat your way out of any kind of discussion. Right. And the German version of it is pre- uh, presented by Eck on August 3rd, 1530. And so, uh, you know, just, just a little while afterwards. Uh, and, and yeah, they're like, yeah, you, you can't even have this in your own language unless you submit. Well, I was reading through the history here, and it's just fascinating reading this, that apparently Eck, even before the Augsburg Confession was, was presented, he was preparing a hit piece on Luther. Just working, you know, all all this slander, taking quotes out of context, yep. and just doing everything he could to make Luther look like a heretic. Because they came to the Augsburg Diet of Augsburg with a different document, not necessarily the Augsburg Confession. And Eck was going to paint them as, you know, hey, he, they're as extreme as those Anabaptists, right. they're as extreme as the Zwinglians. Trinity deniers um, and all that kind of all, stuff. All those other ones. And so they had to quickly scramble when they found out that Eck, their you know, Luther's mortal enemy. I don't know if that's the yeah, best way yeah, to put it. Yeah, it kind of was. Um, when he was he was preparing this hit piece, okay, we got to respond to this. So when this confutation comes out later on with Eck, you know, there's a whole lot more background going on with this guy. It's not just all of a sudden he pops up as the guy against him. No, he's had it out for them for 
decades. And is that yeah. is that document is that the four hundred and ninety five whatever theses against Luther? Do you know if that's yeah. the one that it is? Yeah. yeah. Well, and they present all these books and so forth that that are really just more slander against right. Luther and Melanchthon and the Lutheran teachers. Yeah. Um, and, and that is actually presented as the confutation first. And even Charles, Emperor Charles, says, "Oh, this is ridiculous, guys. Come on, like get, get to some theology points? here. Can, yeah, can some you know, points it was here. just overwhelming. And then, uh, yeah, Melanchthon, um, even on the confutation that is presented, he calls it altogether childish and silly. You yeah, know? yeah, right. Uh, now you mentioned the name Melanchthon. We should talk about him, but it's, you mentioned him with Luther a moment ago. It's important to recognize Luther's not here, right? right. Luther's yeah. locked in a tower. Yeah, he's affirming it, but yeah, yeah. but he he can't be there because he he more than these guys, he has literally a hit on his life put out by the emperor himself following the Diet of Worms when he refused to recant, right? And so he's been held captive in a castle, uh, translating the Bible, kind of because he got bored, I guess. Right? Like, I guess I got to do something here. And uh, and he can't be there. I know that his small called articles, also in our confession, sort of formed the basis for what he gave to the reformers to take. But you have these other names here as well, uh, kind of in his stead. Then you know, Melanchthon you mentioned again. So tell us a little bit, who is who is this Philip Melanchthon guy? Melanchthon was actually a layman, but an incredibly smart and intelligent guy. Um, very well uh, schooled in, in classical things. Um, but uh, he, he kind of becomes the right-hand man of Luther. He becomes a, a great student and friend of Luther. And uh, uh, yeah, he, 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 he does this writing because Luther knows that he can't do it himself in some regards. I mean, there's just too much... Uh Profanity? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, seriously, well, Luther's, right. he's an earthy guy. Well, yeah. there's that, but um, yeah, it punches. does need to be an academic thing. But but also there's just, I don't know, there's too much scandal attached to him it's at true. this point, too, yeah. especially with his life. Uh, you know, uh, you know, he's got a hit out on him and things like that. And so he knows if this becomes my own work, um, right. you know, alone, it will easily be shot down uh, even by the emperor um, and so forth. And so he, he makes a smart move in calling Melanchthon... Uh, who's who's really quite gifted? Um, it's a lawyer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, and, and and was you know like in training to be at like the age of fifteen or something. Right. Like he's you know like a Doogie Howser of the, right. the Middle Ages. Right. And so, um, but uh, yeah, uh, so Luther makes a smart move in pulling him in here early, as well as other really good theologians as well. Which that move actually we're still we still feel the benefits of that today because I know constantly people are accusing us of, well, you follow Luther. Right. And then they'll pull out Luther quotes or Luther writings where he's, he's clearly off base or wrong, or it's just out of context. Had a few you know, too many beers yeah, at night. Pull, yeah. pull in yeah. another Eck or yeah. something like that, <laughs> right. you know, whatever. Um, and we can point back and say, no, 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 we don't follow Luther. We have this confession. Um, and, you know, lots of people were working on this. You have all these princes that signed on to it. You have Melanchthon. We have Chemnitz later on. You know, if Concord Matters ever gets to the formula, formula. we got Chemnitz coming in there. But, um, we, you know, that's, yeah, that was a very smart move because even today we struggle with that, you know, speaking against that same accusation. Absolutely. Yeah. I just had a complete uh, uh, brain brain loss Think, listening there because I want to, uh, you kind of stole my thunder. Uh, the, oh, no. <laughs> the, the idea that that we have something more than one man's ideas, that this isn't just something we've come up with. And it, it maybe it's easy to forget because Lutheranism is not as big as it was. This was half of a continent, really, right? Mm. And, oh, this is where we, I really wanted to go with this. So you have then this lawyer, layman, being brought in as part of a council that involves pastors, but they're advising the ones who make the confession. It's not Melanchthon, even though he writes it, he doesn't make it. They're advising these 
princes, dukes, city leaders, people who are in kind of everyday life vocations. These are the ones that are standing there giving the good confession before princes, right? It's not pastors necessarily, so that you see very much that the church belongs to us all, right? The the confession is not the same as the preaching, if we're going to get real Mm, narrow on the words, right? Uh, That there is a place for the everyday Christian to speak his faith, and it might even be in such a way that changes the world. Right. Well, and, and in another way, too, that this is really helpful that it, that Melanchthon happens to be a layman is any of us in the church uh, know well that, um, yeah, it's great that you have a faithful confessional pastor who, who preaches the, the, the word clearly uh, and teaches uh, according to these confessions as well. But when you have those really strong laymen who are really rallying to your side and supporting, supporting and, and taking... Yeah. Uh, the confession of this faith seriously in their everyday life, it just strengthens us as a church body. Um, I, I'll take, you know, um, I might be biased, but I'll take a strong, uh, I'll take an LCMS layperson over pretty much any other denomination out there because we still have this tradition uh, of just being well-schooled and really taking our confession seriously. Something that to be proud of and something to always... Uh it can be an idol. Well, yeah. fear fear that we would lose it, right? right? The, yeah. the, the person and or the congregation and or the church body that is most in danger of losing the word of God is the one that believes it can't. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. That, yeah. that I've got it good enough. That I've got the doctrine. I learned that way back when, Pastor. You schooled me in the catechism. <laughs> I passed the test. Yep. And I, I got to go to the Lord's Supper. We have pictures and everything. Uh, so so I'm good. I'm good. Right? That that lackadaisical danger uh, is something that we want to guard against. And, and really that is ultimately the command of the Great Commission, right? To baptize and to teach is to hold to these words, which aren't about us. They aren't about Luther. They're, we haven't got into that, but they're about <laughs> Jesus for us. So with about four, three minutes left here until we go to a break, let's see if we can if we can move into the idea then of the apology. So they write the confutation oh, they, and, and then they, they read it out loud but they won't give anybody a copy. So the Lutherans are there scribbling down in their shorthand they developed uh, the, the, what the computation is. And then Melanchthon immediately goes to work beginning this apologia, not the I'm sorry, but a defense, defense right? Yeah. Yeah, and that comes from 1 Peter 3.15, but in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Um, always be prepared to give an apologia in the Greek, uh, that an answer, a defense for the hope that is in you. And uh, uh, yeah, this this comes from the very scriptural notion of, yeah, we're, we're, we're to be prepared to talk about our Christian faith. Um, we're, we don't need to defend Christ. He's He's part of the sovereign God. He can he can handle his own, uh, but that we speak the truth that Christ has revealed to us in his word. And we confess it. Right. Yeah, I love that. I like to think that we coined the term apologetics. Yeah, yeah. Uh, apologetics today people would think is always about defending the resurrection of Christ, defending six day creation. Those things are important too. But the first apologetic writing uh, was defending justification by grace through faith against not those outside the church, but those within the church. Right, holding yeah. that up. And I also wonder, maybe I don't, I don't know, which way did it go? Egg, <laughs> egg before the chicken, or chicken before the egg? Uh, is it, it is the word apology meaning defense a reflection of this now that when I say I'm sorry to you, I don't really mean it. I'm just defending myself, or is it the other way around? Yeah, I, I've often, uh, you know, said that there's definitely that connection there of, you know, any child kind of knows this by nature of, yeah, I'm defending what I did there, you know. Um, That's self-justification yeah, as part of our absolutely. concupiscence. Yeah. Hey, look, back to Article 2. Yeah, That's right, 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 right. Uh, any, anything from Facebook for us? Peter? Oh, lots of highs. We got people watching in Missouri, Michigan, uh, Brazil. 
um, all over the world. This is pretty fantastic. Uh, if you guys have any questions, please ask them. You can post them here. I'm keeping a keeping an eye out here. You got questions about the apology, about the Augsburg Confession itself. Uh, chime in on Facebook there. We'll do what we can to answer them. And hello to our friends in Brazil. I, I, I We went to a seminary with a, a few exchange right. students from Brazil, and yeah. I keep in touch with several of them. And uh, they're, they're working to hold the front line of confessional Lutheranism down there uh, real hard. I mean, there's kind of that struggle, even as we at times face the secular influence of our culture here as well. It's going on there. So uh, Sure. Amazing how much Lutheranism there is down there. A lot of people don't oh, yeah. know that it was a heavy uh, German immigrant Absolutely. area, just like uh, the U.S. was yeah. in the late 1800s. South so, Africa, too. Yeah, yeah. right, yep. right. So there's a there's a strong tradition down there, fighting many of the same cultural battles, but from a, a bit of a different angle there. And yet the doctrine that we find in this confession is just as relevant down there as it is here. That's that's the amazing part. Because yeah. it's cross-cultural. It's and above it, all things. And it's true unity. That's right. Yeah. Amen. Yep, uh, exactly. Yeah. True concord. That's a good note to yeah. go to break on. When we come back, we're going to do a little bit more on some of the problems with the apology and Melanchthon's tinkering with it at the end, and then we'll dig into some of the text. Ad Crusum offers theologically sound, scripturally rich, and high-quality items for nearly every occasion. They have exquisite greeting cards, handcrafted jewelry, fine art, crucifixes, church certificates, banners, and much more. AdCrusum.com has amazing products at great prices. That's AdCrusum.com. Greeting cards and gifts designed and made in the USA. Confessing the faith through art and word. AdCrusum.com. Hi, this is Pastor Harrison. Let me tell you about something new and exciting. We call it Life Together, a monthly digital digest where I'll be sharing news and highlights from synod publications and multimedia outlets. There'll be something for everyone. Each digest will be delivered to your inbox showing how we live and work together to proclaim the gospel and bear Christ's mercy to one another in our congregations, communities, and the world. Please be sure to subscribe today. You'll be glad you did. In the rush and mix of life, it is not always easy to catch your breath, sit for a moment, and remember the goodness of the Lord. With all the demands on your time, how do you fit in His time? That's why we broadcast His time weekday mornings on KFUO. Beginning at 7.15 a.m., we bring His time to you with prayer, devotion, and comfort to help you be still and know that He is God even while stuck in traffic. Underwritten by the Lutheran Federal Credit Union. Hi, Tom Baker have good news for our long gospel listeners who missed hearing Pastor Mark Smith on his regular Tuesday. He had another assignment, but is coming in on the next Law and Gospel as we take a look at the hymn assigned for the last Sunday in the church year. Weekday mornings beginning at 9.30 on KFUO. From Dallas, Texas, the flash, apparently official, President Kennedy died at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. On November 22, 1963, President Kennedy was on his way to the Trade Mart in Dallas to deliver a speech some avow contained the most eloquent words President Kennedy ever said, but which exist only in writing. Calling for progress in everything from space exploration to civil rights to national security, Kennedy's speech used a number of biblical quotes. Alluding to Isaiah 62, he said, We are by destiny rather than by choice, the watchmen on the walls of world freedom. 
And from Luke 2, we ask therefore that we may be worthy of our power and responsibility, that we may achieve the ancient vision of peace on earth, goodwill toward men, engaging with the Bible in words spoken and unspoken. Brought to you by Museum of the Bible. Welcome back to Concord Matters, your weekly dose of harmony drawn straight from the Holy Scriptures and reconfessed. According to the Lutheran Confessions, I'm your host, Pastor Jonathan Fisk on Worldwide KFUO. I have in studio with me, Pastor Sean Smith. Welcome, Sean. And say hello. It's great to still be here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Still and, here. It's uh, been three minutes. Mr. Peter, Sl- <laughs> Jeez. Mr. Peter Slayton, uh, uh, social media extraordinaire manager, and uh, manager yeah. of it at LCMS. Every once in a while I get promoted to director on air. But it's never stuck when I actually get back to my desk. I, get, right. I get dropped down back to my desk. That's right. That's a funny story. Every time I go to the symposia at Fort Wayne, Indiana, the, the Concordia Seminary there in Fort Wayne, uh, on the package of information they give me in my name tag, it says Dr. Jonathan Fisk. <laughs> and I have no clue how that ever happened. I believe I tried to tell him it wasn't right once, and it just every year goes back. And I kind of joke, they, they gave me an honorary doctorate, but forgot to invite me to the ceremony. So, yeah. But so, it's only for that event. Yes. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, somehow it's in their records, and it's a complete not true. But... It's a, it's a fun thing. All right, so we are talking about the apology of the Augsburg Confession, the defense of it over and against the confutation of this statement that the Lutherans made to the Roman Catholic emperor of a, of a Western, Western Europe at the time, trying to say, we are, we are like you, we are with you. We are Christians of the ancient faith, and yet the, the Roman Catholic theologians reject this. They confute it. They, they present quite a bit of slander, in fact, in this computation, saying that we, we just need to be made to submit. And immediately then, uh, the, the Lutherans are given a time limit in order to officially submit. The Augsburg Diet, the meeting, ends. They go back on their way, and Melanchthon begins working on a, a defense of what he, what he has. And at first, this is a really good thing, right? Right. Yeah. So on August 3rd, the computation is presented. And then August 5th, uh, first Melanchthon says, yeah, we're not indebted to uh, respond to that. It's childish and silly. Uh, but then by September 20th, he has his first draft of it. Uh, and then the 22nd, it's read. Um, but uh, it, it kind of continues to be molded and shaped uh, over some time. It, it's not really adopted until small called um, in 1537, um, the, the kind of final draft of it. Right. Um, but there's this whole period there of just kind of altering and tinkering and well, right. we'll get into that with Melanchthon here. Well, in a and that's that's before they adopt it, right? And then they right. have the they adopt it. But then the after the real the real very odd, you might hear this thrown around sometimes, is that after they adopt it as the official document, now it's no longer Melanchthon's, this is our confession. Melanchthon over the course of, of many years and, and during something called the Leipzig interim, which is when the Lutherans actually lose a war against the Roman Catholics and are forced to submit in, in various practices, he continues to tinker with it and and weakens it as some of the most important points. Uh uh, and so when you, you talk about the unaltered Augsburg Confession, you'll even see this on some Missouri Synod church signs, churches of the UAC. This is meaning the one that we officially adopted and not the many versions, these variations that Melanchthon produced later on. 
Right. Yeah. And, and actually, both congregations I serve in their official language uh, in their constitution, uh, they have that UAC. And and uh, yeah, a lot of people aren't sure what that's about. But um, Melanchthon, yeah, he's a tankerer. And in some uh, extent, I, I feel this this tension with him as well. Sometimes I feel this way with my sermon, especially as I drive between two churches. Right. And I'm like, right. the sermon is done. No, it's not. I have to tinker with it. And as tends to happen when you're kind of messing with some things, uh, maybe it doesn't always make it better. Um, but uh, Melanchthon also feels this pull that uh, he he wants unity and he wants to kind of get along with uh, the Reformed. Um, they really influence him when it comes to the issue of good works. Right. Um, uh, you talked about these big these big things uh, that we we really shouldn't have tinkered with because they're right. the big distinctions. Justification is another one, and then the mass is one as well. Because again, as you said, uh, they're they're forced to submit uh, to these Catholic practices. And and there's some there's some story about this and that Melanchthon. Then, as as much as he was a theologian, he was first a lawyer and, and second a theologian, and he did want that unity. And so while Luther lived and Luther was his good friend, he could sort of hem Philip in a little bit. And it's mainly after Luther dies and Philip is working to create unity with particularly the Reformed that you see this drift in the language on issues of the Lord's Supper, good works, things like that. Um, and a- as a result, you know, we don't we don't reject Melanchthon as a Lutheran father. He is. He's a hero of the faith. He, he was there standing that day risking his life. Yeah. But we do recognize that he had um, uh, limitations in, in his humanity. And again, this goes back to we accept the confession of the church, not the writings of an individual man. Man because he is an individual man. And it was that agreement, that harmony that was created by the Word of God that would have us hold to this apology that we're going to kind of get into now. Right. And and this is so key for our, our Lutheran confession of the faith, really. And, and that's why we brought it out earlier as well, is that it's, it's, it's the confession of the community together, because as individuals, we are so prone to temptation and to error and, right. and so forth. Um, you know, Luther, as we already pointed out earlier too, I mean, maybe sometimes, you know, uh, just, just speaks a little inappropriately and it's like, no, right. we, we don't take every word that, that Luther does. We check it against scripture right. and, and the community. I mean, this is iron sharpening iron. This is why, uh, still today, pastors and laymen, uh, you know, uh, synod and convention and district conventions and, uh, pastors gathering gatherings and so forth um, don't always have the greatest reputation, but it's good for the church that we get together and and, and hash these things out um, so that uh, we have a solid confession and unity of our community. Yeah, this is not a me and my Bible sitting in a corner, figuring it out and then saying, here's what it is. No, this is the church in community as it's always been saying, this is what we believe. To confess is to same say. God said it first. We say it the same, and like you mentioned a moment ago, it doesn't change. No matter where you go, time or space, ethnicity, culture, it's the same truth. Holy Spirit crosses languages for mm-hmm. the day of Pentecost is all about. Yeah, and, and it's also important, too, that as we give our own apology, our own confession of faith. Um, there's those common tricks that when we're engaged with other Christians or atheists and so forth, they want to put it back on you. You know, Peter, if if you can't give me this yourself, um, you know, if you're pointing to some written work or something, uh, you know, then, then you know, we got to throw it out the window. It's like, no, no, that's not that's how it works. That's a hyper-individualism. Yeah. It's like, no. Yeah, very yeah. hyper-individualism, not helpful. Um, um, and, and yeah, for their own sake, I can err, you know, yeah. uh, but uh, but but praise God, we have this united confession. And something for us to go back to, both as pastors and lay people, regularly to study, not not to so much to hold our feet to the fire as to hold the the good 
sound food of healthy doctrine before our noses, which have sadly grown accustomed to the wrong kind of taste, right? That according to our flesh, we're often looking for, for the wrong answers. I go to the Bible by myself, I end up looking for me. And this keeps saying, no, 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 look for Jesus. Well, and even more so, you made a vow, I made a vow yeah. um, before an altar of the Lord right. on at our ordination. And we refer firm it every time we're installed somewhere um, that we promise to teach scripture in accordance with these confessions. And if we don't know what they say, and, and I sadly in my younger life encountered a whole lot of Lutherans that it's in every church constitution I've ever been in that right. they submit mm-hmm. to these things, right? Um, and and uh, the pastors all promise it. But if we don't talk about it, if we don't study, if we don't, if we don't know what our Lutheran confession is, um, then, then what good is it? And you made a lie before the altar of God uh, in your vow. And God never takes that lightly. Um, no. You know, think of marriage vows, too. I mean, we, we shouldn't take those lightly either. No. And it, well, it's not just, I mean, you guys as pastors, but even as a lay person, when I became a member of an LCMS congregation, Confirmation. I confessed yep. before the entire assembly I believe, now depending on which rite we followed, it might just be the small catechism in the Augsburg Confession. It could include, you know, the full book of Concord, depending on where we're at. But even I confessed and vowed to uphold it to my fellow parishioners and to my pastor said, yes, this is what I believe and I will support this. So, and to suffer all, even, even death, yes, rather yeah, than fall right. away from it. So you're making good, a serious charge and here. Wife, yeah. The whole, the whole, yeah, yeah everything. And that brings up another neat point too, though. I, most of them do say, the rite does say, as you learned it, in the small catechism. So that's where there's this recognition that everything the Book of Concord is saying in its multiple documents, in its, its various articles it has, uh, are really the same thing, right? They're just coming at it from different levels with different contexts, yes, but the contexts are all saying the same thing. So whether it's as a father should teach his children, or it's whether as a prince should confess it before the world and his emperor rather than, you know, join him in the in the Corpus Christi, it's the same truth, right? to confess to same say. So for our last uh, 20 minutes here, let's let's dig into the greeting. And this is going to be Philip Melanchthon himself sort of addressing us as readers and saying why he's writing what he's writing. Remember, we're in the era where the printing press is sort of like new, and it's a pretty big deal, right? To be able to make these things, uh, this obviously wouldn't fit on a leaflet. Uh, this would have had to be published as, as a little bit of a bigger book. But nonetheless, to be able to distribute this and defend themselves publicly was a pretty pretty new thing and very cool for them to be taking uh, advantage of that. But his language isn't going to be writing quite the way we would write a letter today for that reason. It's also a, uh, it's not developed quite as much. It's, it's from a, a time when if you took the time to write a letter and send it, you were verbose. Yeah? Mm-hmm. All right, so... Paragraph one, we're on page uh, 99 of the first edition and on page 73 73 of the second edition of the Concordia Book of Concord from Concordia Publishing House. Philip Melanchthon presents his greeting to the reader. After our prince's confession was read publicly, certain theologians and monks prepared a confutation. His imperial majesty had it read in the assembly of the princes. Then he demanded that the princes agree with it. Our princes heard that many articles were not approved, which they could not abandon without offense to conscience. Therefore, they asked for a copy of the confutation so they could see what the adversaries condemned and refute their arguments. Kind of what we just went over, right? That was everything we just talked about boiled down to to two paragraphs. So anything you want to add to that? I I think that's probably, yeah, we just kind of talked talked that one out. So in such an important matter of religion, and the instruction of consciences, they thought that the adversaries, this is us, we thought that the adversaries would share their writing without any hesitation. 
but our princes could only get a copy under the most dangerous conditions, which were impossible for them to accept. You had mentioned those conditions before. What were they again? No, I just mentioned that, well, yeah, that they had to submit to it, right? And I don't know if he may be referring to something that happened later, where later they Uh. want another copy. Initially, it's, you may have a copy if you promise that whatever it says is okay for you. And and they said, those are the conditions we can't accept. Now, though, mentioning these dangerous conditions makes me think that there's something else going on. Well, well there was something else going on. that They couldn't even take notes right. as they were hearing it presented there uh, and so forth uh, in August. Uh, that the, I don't remember what the punishment was, but they, they would be kind of led out of the room if they were seen even taking notes. And so it's like, wow, this is this is really quite so childish. I, yeah, and, so they, and they did take notes, and so that must yeah. be the dangerous conditions. It's like yeah. they're having to secretly do this. Right. I mean, just think about the whole situation in general here. We want you to agree to this, but we're not going to give you a copy of it. We're not going to repeat ourselves. We're not going to show it to you, but you have to agree. Yeah. We have I, to pass the law what? before we can read what's in the law. Oh, no. no. Oops, oh. Sorry. <laughs> Made it political. Yeah, you did. But it's, it's, it's about tyranny versus charity, really, right? Is this about truth? Is Christianity ultimately about what is what is true for a man's conscience or is it about a power structure that Jesus instituted so shut up and do what you're told and we thought we were here for a theological discussion apparently there's something else going on if there's a complaint I heard in the parish from Roman Catholics it's it's a complaint that the church doesn't listen to them right that that they are basically told to do what they're told and go over have your have your your bingo or whatever but that ultimately there's no discussion here so so deal with it and it's it's nothing new it's nothing new at all Really, nothing new under the sun. Scripture says it. <laughs> yeah, right. And so, let's keep going with uh, uh, paragraph three. Negotiations for peace were begun. It was clear that our princes avoided no burden, however grievous, that could be borne without offense to conscience. But the adversaries stubbornly demanded that we approve certain clear abuses and errors. Since we could not do this, His Imperial Majesty again demanded that our princes agree with the confutation. Our princes refused to do so. So it wasn't like the Lutherans were just like, whatever you say, Rome, we're not doing it. Like, we were willing to, to kind of work with them, right? Right. As far as we can, we'd like to. Right. Yeah. Well, in some of these things, I, I don't think that this was like because Rome said we had to, but I remember in the Augsburg Confession itself, it says along the lines of that any ritual that can be retained without sin should be retained for the sake of unity. So they're referring to, say, the format of the liturgy, not the sacrifice of the Mass, but sort of the the proper preface, right, the prayers of the Church, all these things that we would hold to what we've received. We're not out here to just radically change just because, right? It's not about the newest, better, most recent thing. Uh, it, it is about harmony. And there's a recognition that there's a there, too much change for no good reason actually destroys that harmony. Well, then you have to remember, too, that these guys, all of them, are classically educated and trained. I mean, they, they are well-schooled, uh, all of them, in the ways of logic and rhetoric and, and how you actually debate things. You know, you present your side, but you also have to study my side and vice versa. And you're going to give it your best presentation, full force, um, and, and then you're going to seek agreement and, and actually listen to one another. I mean, we're so far far removed from this uh, uh, in this day and age, unfortunately, but uh, uh, we should recover these things. But uh, I mean, that's what they're doing here. You know, we want to actually do uh, what we've been trained to do to have actual debate and and rhetoric about around this. But if we can't, if we can't, you know, do this, um, you won't even give us a copy of it. Right. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. 
So if you're listening right now live on KFUO, this is Worldwide KFUO, the messenger of good news. We're doing Concord Matters, talking about the apology to the Augsburg Confession with Pastor Sean Smith and Mr. Peter Slayton. Uh, if you'd like to call with a question, you can call at 1-800-730-2727 or find us streaming online at kfuo.org or facebook.com slash the LCMS, where you can leave a question or comment there for Mr. Slayton to see. He's watching it right now. We're, we are video broadcasting uh, to the world as well at the moment. Um, all sign, kinds of crazy. It's like having a printing press and trying to figure out how to use it. It's like five going at once, basically. Yeah. We're a multimedia generation. <laughs> I was thinking about, uh, just before that there, when you were talking, Sean, the, ma- the, the willingness to bear with others and what a lesson there is there for the current Christian community in any congregation and how, you know, I don't, I don't think I was unique in seeing this in the parish that there's, there's a lot of complaining. There's a lot of, I don't like this. I don't like that. Both from pastors and from people. Pastor mm-hmm. comes in, he wants it a certain way. People want it always to be the way that's always been, which is pretty much impossible to do. Uh, and, and you have the opposite of this desire to bear with the surface things I don't like for the sake of the the important things that I need, right? Right, and we always have to remember those 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 moves too. That we don't just rule with a heavy hand, which was kind of how Rome's acting here, right? right? Just do what we say, all right? Right. Um, and, and we as Lutherans have it in our tradition. That's not how it works. Uh, you know, when controversy comes up, um, we constantly point to what we do in the confessions. Let's get back to the Word of God. Let's get back to the Church Fathers. We're going to see that a lot. You mentioned that earlier that we're connected to the ancient Church, and they they make no bones about it. I mean, you know, we're we're not coming up with this stuff new. We're, we're valid and we're teaching true Christianity because here, here's Augustine, here's, you know, all of the, right. the church fathers. And, uh, and so, yeah, we have to dig into this. We have to study. We have to have conversation. We have to have healthy debate uh, around these things uh, and, and arrive at agreement. Discussion and debate around scripture itself, right? right? right. So, Because you can rule with a heavy hand in two ways. You can have, a, a, I'm the pastor, do what I say. Or you can have, um, well, here's the Constitution and Bylaw 5.74b says this, and so <laughs> you better do what we say, pastor, right? Rather than, are we guarding, cherishing, loving these words about Jesus and doing all we can to cling to them? Yep. Huh? And what's behind all these things and how does it impact what we do and what right. we confess? And Yeah. And I think that's what we see the princess here doing. I, for me, the, the key word is always um, for the sake of consciences, right. comfort for their consciences. And um, throughout the Augsburg Confession in particular, but even as we get into the apology, I mean, that's the big driving force here is that we're not unduly burdening people's consciences. Which is that's been lengthened strength. I mean, he had, we talked about his weaknesses earlier. His strength was the guy knew law and gospel because his conscience had been awoken in, in a mm-hmm. very sharp way. I don't know what it was. I, I don't think I know. We know historically what it was, but you can see it's clear. He just doesn't want to lose that, that gospel. He knows on judgment day by himself, he's, he's done. Uh, and he, and he wants to cling to. Well, and, and I mentioned earlier too, that, that first Peter three fifteen, uh, where we get this notion of apology, giving a defense for the hope that is in us. Um, but it reminds us to do that in a spirit of gentleness, right? right? right. And, uh, and, and respect. And, and so when we understand that it's a matter of the conscience, that this matter of controversy is even coming up, it, it's not, you know, controversy isn't brought up by pastor or lay people, uh, to, to dig into these things and wrestle with simply because we want to be jerks. Right. Uh, it's, it, 
you know, our, our conscience is bothered by these things. And so let, let's dig into this. Let's let's find what's right. You did mention, though, you know, being being gentle as we do it, there is there's important distinction between the Augsburg Confession and the Apology that we're not going to see today in the text. But this will come up over the years yeah. that we, we were seeking unity. With the Augsburg Confession, we were trying to say, "Hey, Rome, we're on the same page." And the confutation sort of was such a such a message that they don't care. That the apology, we take the gloves off. And Melanchthon's nice right now. He's writing to you, the reader. There's gonna be points where he's not gonna be so nice about the Roman Catholic theologians. It's not. He's not condemning every Roman Catholic everywhere. Most of them don't know their catechism anyway. Right? Sorry, guys out there, if you're listening. If you do, give me a call. I'd like to meet you because you're a rare duck. But <laughs> he's he's condemning those who are just so avariciously uh, seeking to destroy this gospel that set him free and he wants others to know about it as well. You do start to see his frustration coming out even towards the end of his his introduction here. Just the line 13, I have written with the greatest moderation possible. (laughs) The the fact that he felt the need to say that. Say that out loud. It's like, look, this this is I'm speaking in moderation. I'm being Believe nice, guys. Me. I swear. I'm, yeah. I'm doing my best. <laughs> if any expression appears too severe, I must say that I'm arguing with the theologians and monks who wrote the confutation, not with the emperor or the princes who I hold in due esteem. Right. Now that right. that's an important distinction. I think this this gets at something we've lost today in our culture. This idea of speaking to the idea not the person. Right, right. Uh, he, he's kind of getting at that a little bit here. It's like, no, I'm speaking to the theologians. I am not yelling at you, the common person who happens to believe this. Maybe you've been deceived by it yourself. I'm not yelling at you. I'm right. not mad at you. I'm mad at the people who are, who have taught you this. They're the ones I'm going after, yeah. and I want to make sure I'm clear about that. Well, so he gets frustrated. <laughs> yeah, and just in general, too, again, we've lost these notions. I mean, if you say something that I believe to be untrue mm-hmm. and, and unhelpful, right, and I come at uh, talking to that, right, and I may get stirred up emotionally because I'm passionate about it because there's great things at stake here if that truth is lost, right? Yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, the move today especially is, oh, man, Sean must really hate me. And it's you like, hurt no, my feelings. <laughs> you know, it, it has nothing to do with that. I'm, I'm attacking the issue uh, with great passion, uh, not Peter Slayton, right? Or, or whoever we're, we're talking about there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and then, Go ahead. Well, and I was also going to point out, yeah, that's actually the reason I, I said earlier, um, the first draft uh, he has done by September 20th, um, but then the, it's read at September 22nd, it's already been changed, and that's because the first draft, I mean, he's angry right. uh, at some <laughs> of the things that were said in the confutation, and so even the other Lutheran theologians are like, all right, tone it down, tone it down, Melanchthon. Dude, right. just bring it down yeah, a notch. Yeah. <laughs> that idea that in the present we've confused American culture, we are confusing ideas with our identity and there are some ideas that do create right. your identity but we've confused like all ideas if i have mm-hmm. any idea uh, that's who i am and i can't be wrong um andy's typing something on the screen you really threw me off there andy thank you very much <laughs> um is that you hi internet hi radio uh <laughs> this is fun uh so technology they, they, can i be wrong as a human being, is it possible for you who love me to tell me, don't stand in the middle of the freeway, you nincompoop. Can you get out of the way? No, no, you're, you're attacking my identity. I, my, I believe I'm a person made to stand in the middle of the freeway. Whatever the issue is, there's a freedom in being able to even have a debate, right? And, and not take mm-hmm. everything so personally. It's actually the most loving thing that we can do for them if we believe them to be in serious error. Um, you know, so it, it's, yeah, a, a move of love to say, hey, this is this is a problem. We need to talk about this um, because your life's at stake. You know, you're heading towards a cliff. There, repent, turn, stop and, going. And that there way. are always good yeah. ways and bad ways to do that. Right. 
but doing it isn't in and of itself wrong. Right. Right. Yeah, well said there, Peter. Well said. All right. Let's get another paragraph here. Uh, paragraph five. Oh, no. Excuse me. This is the middle of paragraph four. For in a matter of religion, how could our princes agree with the writing they had not seen, especially since they had heard some articles condemned? It was impossible for them without grievous sin to approve the adversary's opinions. Again, let's not go off too far on this, but in a matter, in a matter of religion especially. So one thing if you're like, we're going to do a dress code at, 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 our, at our school. We want you to accept it before we show it to you. Like, okay, it's a, it's a dress code. Maybe you'll mess it up, but whatever. But we're talking about religion. We're talking about what you believe at the core of your being. How can we accept that without even getting to hear it? Right? Right. Yep. So, they commanded me and some others to prepare an apology of the confession. This is this defense. This will be set forth for his imperial majesty, the reasons why we could not receive the confutation. The adversary's objections would also be refuted. During the reading of the confutation, some of us had taken down the chief points of the topics and arguments. Illegally, as we saw earlier. I was going to say, right? that, that confession right there is dangerous. Gutsy. Mm-hmm. The princes offered this defense to his imperial majesty when they left Augsburg so that he would know that we were hindered from approving the confutation by the greatest and most important reasons. By his, But his imperial majesty did not receive the offered writing. Afterward, a decree was published in which the adversaries boast that they have refuted our confession from the scriptures. And this is going to set up where, you know, why is he publishing this for you to read it? It's because it's being published that that we couldn't answer the confutation. It was just too good. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <So. laughs> we destroyed the Lutherans just right. like that. They're gone. Yeah. You know, I mean, the old mic drop thing, right? You know, oh, see, we we did it, mic drop, and and just because we dropped the mic must mean we're right. You you turned off the mic. That's what happened. That's exactly what happened. You just turned it off on us. That's why we didn't respond. You, like, locked us in a back room, dropped the mic, and (laughs) put us in executive session. Right. So, reader now, verse, uh, or chapter, paragraph nine. Reader now, you have our apology, our defense. From it, you will understand not only what the adversary said about our confession, we have reported in good faith, but also that contrary to the clear scripture of the Holy Spirit, they condemned several articles. That is how far they are from overthrowing our statements by means of scripture. So, in other words, now, reader, you have it. You can see it yourself. We are holding to scripture alone, and you can see, because we're going to use their own arguments, how they are rejecting key truths of the Christian faith. That's those articles there that they're rejecting. Comment? We've got about a minute and a half left. Comment, Pastor Smith? Uh, no comment. I, I think just the trust saying we're reporting accurately what they said. I mean, that's, that's a big deal. We don't necessarily have that same kind of trust In the media today. today. In the media. Yeah. It's, it's like, I, I read that and I'm like, huh, you don't, you don't see that very often. That's, that's a big deal. Well, they're claiming it. It's all written down, though, too, uh, although although the computation hasn't been published yet. yet to, right? the, to this day, it's not been published as yeah. far as I know. Yeah. Well, we have, well, I mean, you can find... Like officially. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you can find, uh, you know, what's been put together and so forth. Uh, yeah, you but, can find the stenographer's, you know, yeah. notes put together. Right. But and, and those will be referenced as we go through this in the coming year, too. Uh, you know, that, uh, well, they said this over here in the computation, see here, and, uh, and, and that's okay to... Did we ever get any sort of document responding to this? Maybe the Council of Trent did this. Where we it got says, the Jesuits. No, no, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but a document that says, no, that's not what the Confutation said. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, we'll have to pick that up. But we're running out of time. I am Pastor Jonathan Fisk, your host of Concord Matters this week. We'll be back next week with more of the Apology of the Osborne Confession. Pastor Sm- Sean Smith, thank you. Peter Slitton, thank you for being with us. Thank you. Great to be here. Uh,